When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Stars fans, it's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hello, guys. Welcome back to Starcastic Remarks, alongside Chris to my right and James to my left. My name is Ryan Chambers. We are the official Dallas Stars podcast of THPN. Go and use that promo code THPN next time you go and use DraftKings Sportsbook. They are our sponsor for this episode of our podcast and all of THPN. How are you gentlemen doing this fine Wednesday evening before the playoffs get started on Monday? Fantastic. I love all these games. Past four out of five have just been blowouts. They've been done by the second intermission, and it's been great. I love it, especially against bad teams. This is exactly what we wanted when we saw the schedule we had. James, how are you feeling, man? Once we got past the stupid Vancouver Canucks, it was smooth sailing from there. (laughs) The freaking Vancouver Canucks, man! Like I, I, I do not understand. I, why? I why do they always agree. play better once they know they're gonna miss the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> Two years yeah, in a row. They, I know, right? It's so strange. I, I don't understand. Like it, they've been ridiculously and, uh, good the past couple of weeks. Man, it, it and they, they've been like on a. I think they've been like in the top half of the NHL when it comes to their record, and it's not like they've been playing like. Really crappy teams. They've been playing really good teams, Dallas being one of them. And they've just gone on a tear recently, just randomly here to end the season. So, yeah, they made it, it back what to it 500 is. hockey. Yeah. And they did the exact same thing last year, too. They should have, they probably should have been in the playoffs last year and they probably should have been in the playoffs this year. Both years they miss. So, anyways, guys, uh, the, as of tonight, the playoff teams are completely solidified in the NHL schedule. There's still some seeding to be determined for the most part, but all of the teams that are currently in the playoffs are in the playoffs right now. Like, there's no playoff races. The races are done. Most teams either have one game remaining or two. 
The Avalanche is the one that we're mostly looking at. They've got two games remaining. They've got one tomorrow and one on Friday, which is actually a makeup game because of some bad weather in Buffalo earlier in the year. Dallas remains with one game left. Uh, they do take care of business tonight by defeating the St. Louis Blues 5-2. to two. But I figured let's go ahead and just start with the standings and we'll kind of intersperse it with the game as we go on because, I mean, it was a game, right? I mean, I don't know what else to really say about that. There, there was a lot of good things that came out of that game and there were some peculiar things as well that I'd like to talk about as well. But but um, what what do y'all want to go with? You want to just go with the game, or you want to do the stand? Look at the standings. I want to give the game some more credit. I thought it was a fantastic game by the Stars. I mean, I almost I forty shots. Sorry, I, I control this podcast. Everybody <laughs> knows that. Uh, less than tw- held them to less than twenty shots. Almost forty shots for us. Scored three times on the power play. Um, I mean, I thought overall it was a fantastic game for the Stars. One of the better ones they've had in the past five wins that they've had. I mean, it was I a mean, super complete game. It's a bad team, but you did what you're supposed to do to a bad team. You took yeah. care of business. It was, we're still getting in trouble early in the first period with slowing down a little bit, taking penalties at early in the game, which is proved, which pretty much kind of stalemated the first period. I mean, if we don't take a penalty after we score, it's probably just smooth sailing the whole game. Yeah, I I agree. I also think it's, St. Louis took advantage of their opportunities in the first period very well as well. So here's my thoughts on the game overall. Here's what I thought. The stars are ridiculous on the power play. The first power play sucked. And then they scored three power play goals after that. Uh, Consecutively, not just randomly consecutively. It was boom, boom, boom. Realistically four too. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's true. That's technically true. The, I didn't really like that there were a lot of odd man rushes, if that makes any sense. I thought St. Louis had their chances. I thought they did. And for whatever reason, they were not connecting on anything or they were trying to find the perfect pass and were just not shooting the puck when they had the prime opportunities. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I felt about that. I agree with that. Their odd man rushes were, there were too many of them. And that's pretty much the only way they got their shots. I would say that I was talking more of their cycle defense was very good. I agree there. They gave up too many odd man rushes and that's kind of been their MO for the past 20 games. Now the here's, here's the other thing that I'll give them credit. I'll give the stars credit for this. They got better as the game went along. So the first period I thought was, it, it wasn't bad. It, it was not a bad period at all. The stars were played very well. But there was just too many opportunities that St. Louis could have capitalized on. And, I mean, if you're playing Vegas or Boston or Carolina or I guess we should more look at the Western Conference, uh, Minnesota, Colorado, those teams, those teams are going to capitalize on more of those chances. And, honestly, this may be unpopular, but I thought that we could have been down after the first period because of the chances that St. Louis had. They just didn't capitalize on them. I'm not saying we would have been down 5-1, but, you know, maybe 2-1, 3-1, I could have seen that. And that's something that needs to be cleaned up, especially in the first period. And this this makes me think about the game against Vegas. I was in the post-game conference. I just have to say that because that's cool. Uh, Talking with uh, Coach Pete DeBoer, 
And one of the things he was talking about is, yeah, it's been a great road, a great homestand and everything, but we have not started games very well. We have not started games on time. And yes, we're still winning and yes, we're doing all that sort of stuff, but they just haven't fully started clicking on all cylinders. If they, if they've got a six cylinder car, they're shooting on only five of them right now. And you want to be able to going into the playoffs, shoot on all six cylinders. And I, I again, I know I'm being super critical yeah. and being very specific, but this, the, these are the, we're not going to be playing bad teams anymore, guys. We've, we've had a lot of time the last couple of weeks playing against these bad teams, and you're not going to see those teams in the playoffs, and including Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg that's true, is- but I think that is mainly very nitpicky. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the well, Stars played a very good but, period, and they outshot them 14-6. to six. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's not the only problem that I have with it either, though. It's like you're, you're going to show up for the better teams. That's how it works. That's how there's so much parity in the league in the first place. If you don't show up for the bad teams, they're going to beat you. They will. But it, it's it, it's hard sometimes to start games against teams that look really out of it, and the Blues are completely out of it and are playing for absolutely nothing right now. It's hard to take a team like that seriously when there's two games left in the season and you know you already have home ice advantage. Yeah, I think it's going to be easier to start the game whenever you're walking through the tunnel at the AAC and the building is shaking and towels are waving in the air. I think that's so going to be, that, I think that's going so to get you a little bit more hype and focus you up a little bit more. So that that's my big critical point from the game tonight is it just the first, it was, and it was just the first period, the second period, it, there was a little bit at the beginning, but after that, it was, it was very smooth sailing in the third period. It, the third period was boring, which is exactly what you want. When you're a road for, team for, and you're up by three goals. time in a row. Yeah. And, and also, right. just once again, I think it's important to say that we are being very nitpicky with this as well, which is a great thing. We love to have to yes. be nitpicky to find something wrong. <laughs> Overall, right. and, 14 to 6 period, we had a lot more chances that we should have scored on too. Yeah. And this was yeah, a lot and, different okay. than the Flames, the Flames game in the sense that we were scoring on our opportunities and the goaltenders weren't just letting them in. Yeah, exactly. Agreed That's true. That. The Flames or the Red Wings? Sorry, Red Wings. Okay, okay. I was just making sure. Other red, team. red teams. Yeah, yeah. I was like, did we have <laughs> some red team? Some red team. They were red. Okay. Um. The the other thing I really wanted to point out about in tonight's game is, I'm going to give you all two guesses each. There is a very specific player in my head, and it's not the obvious one. I'll, I'll give you a hint there, that I thought had an absolute excellent game tonight who am i thinking of right now give you two guesses each uh dodonov nope it's not dodonov but he did have a good game i thought he had a quiet game good passes i saw a lot from a lot of those from dodonov i'll i'll, I'll give my second guess good. i'll give my second guess as haskinen nope he's, he's always quietly Haskinen. good he, he's he's always good. So it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise when he has a good game. All right, James. James your guesses. Uh, Sagan. He's nope, it's not Sagan. Although again, he it, it's a, another really good game. Ben. Again, another guy who's quietly good. But no, nobody got it. Me. My player of the game, and I'll just go ahead and just say he's my biggest winner tonight. Yanni Hockenpaw. Yanni Hockenpaw. He had one of the best games defensively I think he's had all season. And there were three instances 
in my notes that I was just like, holy crap, what a play. Obviously, you got to point out the, the saved goal. It oh. squeezed through Wedgwood, and he's right there in position to make sure that that doesn't go behind him. There was another play where Sod hits the post, and that probably should have been a goal when it was one-to-one, and that could have been – it could have changed the game a little bit, and the Blues could have been up two-to-one. That's one of the scoring chances I was talking about. But then there was also another opportunity where it looked like it was going to be a rush chance, two-on-one going into the star zone, and it was him versus two players. And he he took a chance, and he he chose right. He completely clobbered the guy – on on the boards and that stopped any kind of chance for him for the St. Louis Blues. And again, it was when the game was two to one. So it was it wasn't like it was just good defensive plays when the game was already over and it was five to two. It was like prime chances when they could have gone up two to one, three to one or something like that. But the game stayed one one because of the defensive plays that he had. I, I don't know if y'all noticed that, but I like to point out the players that have really good games, especially when they get out crapped on so much. Hawk and Paw has <laughs> not as much as Suter, but he has been crapped on all year for his, for his play, and I think it's unfair more than more than Suter. Uh, Hawk and Paw has had a absolute great game and a great season, in my opinion. He he probably should not be the number four defenseman, in my opinion. I wish we had a number four defenseman. We don't really. He's kind of the guy kind of solidifying that spot, and he's done an okay job and maybe even a better job than I'm thinking in my head right now and how he's played this year. And he does two things good, too. He's, he's a penalty kill specialist. He's top ten in penalty kill minutes in the NHL. So he's fantastic at that. And he ha- he hits. I mean, he's a big guy. He had five hits for us tonight. He had 30% of the Dallas Stars hits, at least the recorded ones. You know how I feel yeah, about right. that stat. But yeah. in the playoffs, a big guy like that will make a difference. I mean, you, you think of when we played the Flames, it was Z- Zadorov. Is that his name? Yep. Zadorov. big guy. I mean, he, he's, he's a nobody in the regular season, but you show up in the playoffs, you're like, dang, that big guy is making a difference. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He he was fantastic tonight. I, I loved how he played. He was the absolute best defenseman defensively for the Stars tonight, and he was the most noticeable for still me. Still so. <laughs> Defensively, I said. I didn't say overall. I said still defensively. defensively. Okay, that's fair, too. Okay, but Miro's Miro. We, we expect that from Miro, and he does it every single time, even when we're not expecting it. So, whatever. But... Uh, th- those are just some, kind of some of my highlights from from tonight's game and what I loved about how the play went, and specifically Ani Hockenpah. But uh, I-, I did want to talk even more about Thomas Harley because Thomas Harley is now getting to the point where we are expecting him to be good. At, at least that's that's the feeling that I'm getting. Like Stars fans are. Yep. He's he solidified his spot. We expect him to make the good plays. And the awesome thing about it is he's still doing it. He, he's not making bad plays. He had one specific play that I'm actually thinking about in the second period where it was a it was in the corner and it could have it was a pass up to the slot. There was nobody around. Absolutely nobody around. And he laid down on the ice and broke up the pass. So he, he 
I know his biggest deficiency and why he was sent back to the AHL was go get better at defense. Go get better at defense. But the thing is, is he's kept his offensive side of the game. We've seen him get up on, on the rush. He had tonight on the backhand. So I've, I've loved how he's played, and he's completely solidified himself on this decor now. And his passing as well. The outlet passes with Harley almost seem almost as easy as Haskinen. I mean, it really feels like you have a second guy back there that can really move the puck whenever the forecheck is good. Um, and I also just wanted to point out, it we since we've had Harley in, it's like we actually have three real pairings now. I mean, for the majority of the season, yeah. it's just Haskinen playing with whoever is ready to go. And now we've actually had it's <laughs> Hayskin and Suter, Hockenball, Lindell, Miller, Harley. It, we actually have three pairings that kind of stay the same throughout the game. So good to see that won't happen in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, Hays- we're going to do the same thing. Hayskin is going to play 30 minutes a night in the playoffs, but it, it's good to at least see that right now and see that as an option. And I never thought that I would like the pairing of Suter and Miro again after last season. And a lot of people saw Suter. Be- pulling down Miro Haskinen, but maybe that really wasn't the issue. Maybe the issue was he just wasn't playing. Klingberg was here and Klingberg went off and now he's able to, you know, kind of come out of his shell. He's now, and we haven't even talked about Miro yet, but he's now the, the, the holder of the record for a defenseman with single and single season points. I cannot talk tonight. Sorry. He's got 72 now. So he's surpassed uh, Sergei Zuboff. Yeah. 73, excuse me. He surpassed Sergei Zuboff. Yeah. So th- uh, again, he's just doing it. I think Suter might have drug him down last year. Still, um, Suter's just playing very well the past ten games. He's yeah. been pretty. I think pretty fantastic. I think Suter's just played a lot better as of recent. I don't mind it at all with the way Suter's been playing recently. Yeah. If you go on Twitter, you don't see hardly anything about him. So he has to be doing really good. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that that's normally how I can tell if he's having a, like a good set of games is if he's not getting trashed on Twitter, especially. He's probably playing great. <laughs> then, then he's doing really. Then he's doing. He's doing really well. So, and that's really how you know he's doing well is when he's invisible and you know he's his name is not mentioned very often. So, but yep, yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent on the the deep pairings, uh, Chris. It's it, it's awesome to see how they've kind of gone together and how the, you've got like a two A two B. I've talked I talked about that last time with the pairings of Essa Yanni. And Harley and Miller. I feel like you could play both of those guys, obviously in different situations. But I, I, I feel like Harley has raised the bar for that third pairing. So yep, for sure, I'm loving what I'm seeing. I mean, he's the sixth defenseman we were looking for. It'll it'll be interesting to uh, to interview Nil and ask him why it took so long to get Harley up here. I'm really interested in that question. Mm, agreed. All right, you did your biggest winner. I'm going to do my biggest yep. winner. Go for um, it. Wyatt Johnston, fantastic. Just look at the season in review. Wyatt Johnston has 23 goals. We said we would be exceedingly happy if he was a 20-goal scorer, and he has surpassed that by three goals already. Goodness, what a start for this guy. He is a teenager. He is younger than me and James. He's still 19. (laughs) That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. He's still 19, and he's able to do that. I mean, it helps when you have Jamie Benn on your line, too. Very (laughs) exciting. The future of the Stars' third line, I guess, for the next few years until Sagan's gone, and then the second line is very bright with this guy here. I mean, it is fantastic to have so many young players that are so good, and I just can't wait to see him play with Stegovin. James, who's your biggest winner for the game tonight? 
Uh, I'm also giving it to Johnston. His first multi-goal game of his career. That's pretty. That, cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and and he had a chance to to make it a hat did. trick as well. He he really he was really close to it. Yeah, I I knew that was probably going to be one of y'all's biggest winners, which is why I didn't go with him. He would have been mine, but I mean, he he, he is fantastic. He's he's absolutely fantastic, and he came around at the right time. It seems like he's 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 resurged. Ben, he is him and Ben have made us have given us a third line. That's a Stanley yes, Cup winning third line. The, and and how, how long have I been saying that third lines is? Like I think the you've been saying it all season, Ryan. All season long, you've been saying that. <laughs> I, I, more like five years. It's felt like I'm just joking. When, it, when it, did we been start a this long podcast? Long time. 2020, man. It's 2023 now. Can you believe that? Three I'm years ago. Podcast. You've been three saying that for ago. three years. You have been saying that for three years. Okay. Biggest loser. Biggest loser also goes to Wyatt Johnston. 29% on the faceoff dot. Come on, dude. <laughs> you have to do he's a teenager i use I the same care. argument as we did in the care. other one i don't care 29 percent <laughs> gross yeah uh i'll give my biggest loser to the uh to the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Calgary Flames. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> no, you go not non-related no, to the you game. go to the playoffs. <laughs> you go to the playoffs. Yeah, we're all we're almost there. We're almost there. My, James, who's your biggest loser? My biggest loser is the penalty kill. All of them tonight. All the penalty kills. <laughs> it was like oh, four, really? four for seven on the night. I think the combined penalty kill oh, was oh less gosh. than forty percent. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> terrible, man. Oh, that's terrible. Now, granted, the Blues only got two chances, <laughs> but. Man, oh, my goodness. OK, we, I, I just mentioned it, so we got to get into it. Let, let's talk about the playoff teams first off, and then we'll talk about Calgary and Pittsburgh in particular, because we've got to mention real quick, Give the pass sure, to, the, to winning the division. So Colorado, sure, has, go ahead. Colorado has two games left. They have to lose at least one, and it can be in regulation or overtime. In, right. If we in beat the Blues tomorrow, so we have to beat the Blues. Colorado has to lose one, or we lose to the Blues. Colorado has to lose both, both. one and overtime. So I, I'm actually going to say that I think the more likely team to beat them is Nashville, because. Winnipeg is already going to play Vegas. So, I mean, They're I don't think that can change. <laughs> they shouldn't play anyone. Well, it can't should. change, no. Can't yeah, change. It, it can't change. So, I think Winnipeg, and they're literally just going to be, it's going to be like an all-star game down there. They're just going to be this, whatever. No hitting. Everybody <laughs> stay healthy. And it doesn't matter what the heck happens in this game. Nashville, I think, will be playing for, for pride because they gave their fans a i mean hats off to the predators as much as we hate them they sold everybody off like everybody was gone they have all of their people who are hurt uh, i mean like yossi is hurt duchene forsberg johansson they traded michael granlin they traded matthias Eckholm. like and and uh niederreiter niederreiter got sent off to winnipeg and they somehow it's, are still able to get uh, it. I mean, it was literally until were a, yeah. Yeah, they were almost in the playoffs. And it's at one an point, AHL, they, 
It's an ahead. AHL team with UC Soros on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> UC like, Soros almost made the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> there there were so many games. Yeah, I was getting to that. I think he has the best goals saved above expected now, which is ridiculous yeah, because he's a, on a team a that Omar. isn't going to make isn't going to make the playoffs. And there's a Linus Olmark in this league right now. What the they, heck? Their yeah. their goal differential is negative. Yeah. That and is, they almost made it. That is crazy. Well, it, anyway, seriously, we hate them, but you have to give them credit for what they did because that that's incredible what they did. Uh, but seriously, like let, let's get down to these playoff matches and matchups and see what we've got right now. Here are the teams that are will be in the playoffs 100%. For the West, Dallas, Colorado, Minnesota, Vegas, Edmonton, LA, Seattle, and Winnipeg barely squeaks in after at one point being number one in the central division in like November in the Eastern conference. Here's the teams we got Boston. Oh, big surprise there. Uh, Toronto, Tampa, Carolina, New Jersey, the Rangers, the Islanders, and then the Florida Panthers. So lots of good possible matchups going through here right now. If the, if the season were to end right now, obviously seeding is the only thing that is, kind of up in the air right now all those teams are in the playoffs dallas would be playing seattle vegas would be playing winnipeg colorado and minnesota would play edmonton and la would play and that's a as of right now but that, that still could change by friday so two days from now in the east we'd see boston and florida we would see carolina and the islanders the devil's and really fun one that's going to be really fun and then we will obviously see Toronto and Tampa Bay duke it out again for the second year in a row. That's another series that is going to be fantastic to watch. That so, and the Central Division Series is going to be two of the best series in the first round. I, I agree. I agree with you, Chris. So let's talk about the Stars, though. What is the chances that the Stars get number one in the Central Division? Because if that's the case that would be a very favorable matchup for the stars to place this Seattle Kraken because we, I mean, we've played well against them in the regular season and also Seattle it I, I think we have all the intangibles on our side when it comes. Comes to team stats. I'm sure that's what he was going to say. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I agree. I really want to play Seattle. The likelihood of us doing it probably uh, calculate real quick. I think it's around 30% that we win the division. I mean, Colorado has two chances against two bad teams. We still have to beat St. Louis and we're on our longest win streak of the season. I don't know. It seems more likely that Colorado gets it still. I, I, I like our chances at getting it, but it, Colorado is playing the jets and then the predators. So it, it's still, the the lucky thing is that it's still a back to back, so it's still going to be really hard for them on that, especially on that second night. But it it, it really at this point it's it's a toss up. Yeah. For a fun standpoint, I'm back now. My West Texas internet finally reconnected. Uh, I think it would be a lot more fun to see the stars go against the wild. That there there's there's so many it, that would just be a fun series, and it would be more glorifying if we won that series than if we beat Seattle. Right. I mean, I was like, no offense to Seattle, but we have like no qualms with. Yeah. Seattle. But, then, but like, then we can beat Seattle in their first ever appearance in the playoffs. Yeah. 
And also, but I I don't know. If we lose in the first round, I'm just going to throw out some expectations. If we lose in the first round, I am extremely disappointed. I am extremely disappointed if we go out in the first round, even if we play the wild, even if we play the wild. So it's much more likely that we beat Seattle. Sorry, Seattle in a seven game playoff. So I want to play Seattle very much, even though I agree the Minnesota series would be great. And then after you battle with Minnesota, probably go to six or seven, at least. Then your reward is you get to play the defending Stanley cup champions. Yep. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Probably play them. I would like to play Seattle, beat them in five and then play Colorado. That's my ideal well, situation. Yeah. And and then that would also be Colorado facing against Minnesota. That in itself would be a good series, too. And Colorado would be ground down as well. I mean, all three of the top three in the central division are very evenly matched. I, I would I don't know if I'd say they're the best teams in the league, but they are very close to each other talents. And I kind of the play style is very similar as well. So. They all have their one guy, you know. They all have one Jason goalie. Jason Robertson, they all McKinnon, have one forward. and Kaprizov. <laughs> it's it's crazy how similar the teams are built. Yep. Well, I would argue that uh, Dallas and Colorado are a little bit better, though. I, I I feel like I agree. When you look at the top three teams in the Central Division, I think the one thing that Minnesota has over all three teams is goaltending, at least right now. Looking at the numbers. Right. If you look strictly at numbers, right. If you look strictly at numbers, you would say Minnesota probably has the best goaltending. Philip Gustafson has been out of his mind, but he's unproven in the playoffs. I think, I don't know if he has any playoff experience. He's, he's had an amazing season. Maybe even wins the Vesna. I I, I doubt it because there's Linus Olmark in the, in the league, but He's been excellent, and then they've got Mark Andre Fleury as the backup. I mean, if you if you give him a short leash, and he sucks it up in the playoffs, you still got Fleury to go in. I mean, I would love that security blanket, but I think if you look at name brand, Dallas has the best goaltending because you got Alexander Georgiev in, in Colorado. I mean, he's a good goaltender. He's had a good season, but again. This is his first season as the real number one dude. He was backing up Shosturkin and with the Rangers before that. And then again, Gustafson is unproven. Ottinger proved without a doubt, and everybody knew his name, especially Calgary Flames fans, after that series against Calgary. And so if if you're looking at any of the three starting goaltenders in the Central Division, who who would you want to back you up? Ottinger, Georgiev, or Gustafson. If I'm looking, I think the obvious answer is Ottinger. If I'm looking at any of the 16 teams in the playoffs, the goaltender I want is Jake Ottinger. I mean, we've talked about how many big games that he's played in, how clutch of a goalie he is. He always shows up in the biggest moments. How he loves playing the role of the villain. He likes to play with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, these are the intangibles. These are the intangibles that you want in a goalie. This this is the Eddie Belfour gene. This guy's a winner. So I'd take Ottinger over anybody. I think stars have the best playoff goaltending. I, th- I still think there's a couple of guys probably better than him. The only one you could argue would be Vasilevsky, in my opinion. No, That's there's the another one, one I would argue. There, no, I wouldn't there's, pick Sir Sturkin over him. 
No, no, I'm not saying Shesterkin. Who y'all are missing? Come on, Olmark. Really? No, Hellebuck. Hellebuck. Yes, I still oh, pick Otter Hellebuck. over Hellebuck. No, Hellebuck is good, no. but I still pick Otter over Hellebuck. Otter is better than nah. Hellebuck this season. The the only reason why the team is good in Winnipeg is because of Connor Hellebuck. He hmm. he is the, the only reason Soros why they team. didn't miss the playoffs is because is because of Connor Hellebuck. That's fair. Yeah. That is because absolutely fair. When, when the team stopped doing what the team was doing, he was still <laughs> winning them some games. Yeah. He wasn't winning them games. He was robbing games from other opponents. It was literally That's the winning. Winnipeg Hellebucks. It was the yeah. Winnipeg Hellebucks against everybody else. So, and they're still but, really scraping wins. <laughs> yeah. They, they still are scraping wins. So, <laughs> hey guys, it's Ryan here. It's NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on all the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every game during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA team. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Let's get into the playoff races that are now over because it, it it's, it's fantastic, just, and not in a good way, how these playoff races ended, okay? So let's start with the West because it's less dramatic. The East is extremely dramatic, right? Well, but so the, the Flames come into this season – they lose Matthew Kachuk to Florida in a trade. They lose Johnny Goudreau to free agency. He goes to Columbus, and they're going to probably win Connor Bedard. Um, but they still have guys come in, and I would argue that they're, they're still a good team, right? You get Jonathan Huberdeau. They should Huberdeau. be a playoff team, 100%. They should have been a playoff team. You got Jonathan Huberdeau. You had Nazma Kadri come in. Who, yeah, he he had a career season with Colorado last year, but he was he could still score you goals and still get you assists. And then on top of that, you get a little icing on the cake with a pretty good top four defenseman in McKenzie Weger. And I mean, this team should have won. I, I'm I'm not saying they should have won the division again, but they should have at least been a playoff team, right? Yeah, I mean, it was. It was embarrassing how they 
got out of the playoff race because they they beat they win the big game. They beat the Jets three to one, and then they go on to lose to the Canucks and then lose to the Predators in a shootout, which both teams were almost definitely not making the playoffs. So they they beat the hardest opponent, the most important team to beat, and they just they just they lost the easy ones. That's rough, buddy. Yeah. And yeah, James is like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, the other thing about this, and I, I watched uh, Game Over Calgary because uh, the, the guy who does Game Over Calgary, he, he's worked with THPN in the past, and I, I love him and what he does on, on that podcast, that little episode. But it, he was extremely frustrated about a very specific thing, and it was mostly coaching decisions, he said, was kind of what screwed them over. And if you look at Calgary Twitter, if you look at Calgary social media or any of this stuff, they complained so much about their co- head coach this season and some of the decisions he, that he made. I mean, and, he, he and they were even more team. frustrated. They they were even more frustrated about the decision that he made at the end of the game. And we're talking specifically about the shootout, right? So in the shootout, they were up they were up one to nothing, right? After the second round of the shootout, they were up one to nothing in the shootout. The other team scores, Nashville scores. I don't even remember who it was. And then they trot out their third guy for the Calgary Flames. And they all expect it to be Tyler Toffoli. Tyler Toffoli is probably the MVP their of their season. <laughs> he, he should not have been their best player, but he was their best player this season. No. They trot out Nick Ritchie. He scored four goals and, the whole season. Right. Well, exactly. <laughs> but ex- exactly. And it was like, he was, he was good for Calgary when he came in, but that, that that's that they said that right there was the argument for the whole season was just coaching decisions and stupid ones at that. Yeah. I, I think the bigger thing is the goaltending last year. They won their division because they had some of the best goaltending in the entire league. And but, then this year, Markstrom was but not he, even, as bad. He was awful. Well, he was That's awful true. in the playoffs against the Stars. You remember that? The Stars he just was couldn't awful. score. Honestly, was, I think the Stars, stars had no offense. That, that was a turtle offense, and I don't think it was awful. He wasn't good. He wasn't good enough. I'll agree with that. He was not a Stanley Cup winning goalie, and that's why they lost immediately in the second round. Um, But he sucked it up this season, especially compared to his last season. I mean, he... He can't even be the starter for no. the, for a playoff team. I mean, you have to have a good goalie, and they didn't have one. I think that's the bigger issue. It, uh, I think large... he just had an off season. I I think he will bounce back. But I agree with you that he 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 had an awful season, and he played better down the stretch, like the last twenty ish games. But the thing was, is it was too late. Yeah, it was too late for the Calgary Flames. They just it, couldn't get in. Yeah, yeah. It, there was just a lot of things with Sutter, too, though. It's just like some of the press conferences he had where he just says basically flat out that he just doesn't like the team and he doesn't like the players that he have and he doesn't like the goaltending like that. You, you, you can't say that as a coach. It just looks bad on you. Even even if he's just saying that to try to motivate players, it looks awful. Yeah, yeah. he's honey badger. He, he, he don't care. <laughs> it's just it. It it was ridiculous how how that came to be. 
and then it, it, the other thing you look at is is in the frustrating thing for Calgary fans and, and Stars fans can sympathize with Flames fans on this. They had 17 overtime losses this season. 17. We haven't you had have, that many before. Like <laughs> in Stars No, history. we haven't. Yeah, right. It you have four or five of those. You're like you win four or five of those 17 and you're in the playoffs. They they didn't have anyone though. That's the whole that's the whole problem with their season. It's like not having anyone on their team who could score combined with them hitting like the most posts of any team in the past like three years. It it was it was a unlucky season co- combined with the team just not looking great. Yeah, I think this is one of those uh, like the stars and the shortened season after COVID. I mean. Nobody thought that was actually the Dallas Stars. Nobody really blamed the Stars for that season. They just had no luck go their way. They had all their players injured. It just happened. I think that's going to kind of be the same thing. I expect Calgary to be back in the top three in the Pacific next season, um, even with marginally okay goaltending and with Huberdeau having a bounce-back second season. So, Last question, and then we'll we'll talk about the East because the East is really really entertaining to talk about. But what does this really boil down to for the Calgary Flames? Whose fault is this? Is yes. it? Is it? <laughs> it but, well, because I mean, is it really anybody's fault, or is it just just a bunch of new guys in really important roles didn't produce, and and it's their first season in a, in a new place. Yeah. I think it's the most adversity any team faced in the West and they couldn't overcome it. And I mean, that kind of says something about the team, but also you had the most bad luck. So like I said, I don't think it's anyone's problem specifically. You can blame goaltending. You can blame coaching. Sure. That's, that's valid, but overall I think it was just some rotten luck mostly. And, and honestly, heavy underestimation from everyone once they lost 200 point scores on their team, everyone thinking that they're going to be fine. And they were obviously. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. And I think we pumped the brakes on that too. In the beginning of the season, we're like, okay, they're going to, it's going to be a little worse, but we still, I didn't think they were going to miss the playoffs at yeah, all. I didn't think they were in danger at all. Or a wild card. Yeah. I think that's what we called earlier in the season and they should have been. And I think they will next season. No problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, I, I think we're, we talked about doing a special episode on Saturday or Sunday uh, before the playoffs get started and do a playoff preview, mostly for the Stars, but we'll look at other series as well. But what I'm really interested to see is to go back to our preseason rankings and you know how we predicted who would make the playoffs and see who was the absolute worst out of the three of us. I have a really bad feeling it was me. Because <laughs> I think I put Anaheim in the second wild card spot, so I think it was. No, me. you didn't. No, <laughs> I I you did. didn't. Maybe no, I. Didn't. Maybe that was like my hot take. Maybe that was my like. Don't be surprised, but I don't know. Right. I feel like I put them in number two, and that was definitely <laughs> a hot hot take, Chris. Okay, all right. Let's move on. Let's move on from the West. Let's talk about the East because the the playoff race in the East is now over as of tonight. The Islanders do defeat. The Montreal Canadiens by a final score of four to two. That solidifies their playoff spot. But they 100% should not have been in control of their own destiny when it came to this game. Nope. And the biggest team we got to talk about 
missing the playoffs for the first time in 17 years, the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins will be, we will not have a playoff series without Alexander Ovechkin in it or Sidney Crosby. I will be very curious to know the stat of when the last time that was without either one of those players in the well, playoffs. The Penguins have made the playoffs for like 15 years straight, right? <laughs> 16, 16 years. 16. So at, at the very least, 16 years. So, and this is Crosby's first year missing the playoffs since his rookie season. He's made every single oh my playoffs Lord, dude. since then. <laughs> that's so, ridiculous. and it that's took ridiculous. it took Marazic, who is who's been one of the worst goaltenders all season long, to have his best game ever. <laughs> The guy went in and Mrazek plays for the Chicago Blackhawks, by the way. Like, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let's set this up. All the Penguins had to do was win their last two games and they're in the playoffs. And it's not like they're playing against like Carolina and Minnesota or the Stars and Colorado or Boston and insert in Toronto. Okay. It wasn't those teams. They played the two worst teams in the NHL, guys. The Chicago Blackhawks and the Columbus Blue Jackets. All they had to do was beat those two teams, and they were not able to take. Uh, they they weren't able to do it against the Chicago Blackhawks, who Peter have Marazic. literally nobody. They have nobody on their team that I recognize, other than uh, uh, Andreas and the CU, Tyler Johnston, Seth Jones, and Lucas Reichel. That's in well, Peter Morazic, obviously, but like those are the only guys that I can think of off the top of my head. And five and guys, Mar- and Morazic isn't even the best goaltender on that team. <laughs> no, he's not. Alex Daylock is one. Of, I agree. He's one of the worst on their team. I mean, he's had he's really had a very bad season, exactly as planned for the Chicago Blackhawks. But it it is just it's it's such an anomaly that that happened. It's insane that it happened. They lost to them five to two. Now, in in all reality, in all reality, it was three to one. And then I think, yeah, Chicago scored an empty net goal. Yeah, got a six on five goal. But it didn't matter that the it was still three to one. It wasn't like it was a one goal game. It was a two goal game. Like Pittsburgh could get one goal on Peter Morazic. Morazic made thirty eight saves. I mean. You you can't take I, I that that is so bad. That is absolutely so bad. That's some Dallas Star stuff right there. I know, right? That is absolutely some Dallas Star stuff right there. So the Islanders get in. They're currently the first wild card in the East, although they will I, and again I'm assuming they will probably be the second wild card uh, after Florida plays their game, their they last Carolina. Carolina and Carolina's fighting for first in the division still. So that's true. We'll see. Uh, that is true. If you're Boston, who would you rather play? The Islanders or the Panthers? The, the Panthers. Islanders. The Panthers. Without a doubt. Exactly. The Islanders are very scary in the sense that they will hit you and beat you up. And they have, uh, what's their goaltender again? I forget. But Sorokin. Hit- Sorokin. And his stats have been good for the past like three years. I mean, he he constantly has like a nine twenty on the season. And it's not just because of 
the play style that the Islanders play. He's actually a very good goaltender. He makes some incredible, amazing stops. So I, I agree with you. Like, I mean, I know you have Linus Olmark, and he's probably going to win the Vesna, but part of that I, is the, the product I of look, him playing behind a good team. Yeah. I look at the matchup more of who is more likely to pull off an upset rather than who is the better team right now. And I think the right. Islanders are more likely to pull off an upset against the Bruins than the Panthers. That's fair. I just see Matthew Kachuk, and I'm like, that dude's nope. a gamer. <laughs> that dude's a gamer. <laughs> yeah, Chris, like, Chris likes Matthew Kachuk. Fair enough. And Chris likes Matthew you, you, Kachuk. Yep. And you know what? He has been the MVP for that team for the Panthers this season. He's he's he he's been fantastic. He did. He he the it, it what's really funny is that everybody in Florida Panther land is crediting his dad for getting <laughs> Florida into the playoffs. You know what what he did? What did he do? He called the team soft, which apparently that's I guess the worst like offense you could tell a team is that they're soft. I've listened like, to some went on a, he, I've listened he, to Mike like, Mike up chirps. That, that is not the worst thing you could say. I've heard much worse <laughs> things on, on okay, my but, NHL. But this is this is Keith Kachuk, man. Like the, I, I think the guy should be in the Hall of Fame. He's not yet. I think he will get there. But this is also the dad of your best player, right? And Keith Kachuk is calling you weak and soft and frail. I, I mean, the, I would hate that getting called out by my best player's dad. <laughs> That's it's kind of sad. Cringe, right? It's not just me, right? No, it's not. No. Okay. All right. Uh, two more things and and then we'll we'll kind of wrap it up we'll do a who cares which someone needs to think of a who cares I wait did know. i see that no no we already we've we've already had one okay um okay james has got one so th this will be surprising and we'll have to think of this off the top of our heads chris uh i gotta give some some shout outs some praise to carlson of the san jose sharks First defenseman in almost 30 years to get over 100 points. He's got 25 goals, 75 assists, and nobody like, else comes even close. No, he has like 30 points more than any other defenseman in the league right now. And then he also has 30 more points than any other forward on the San Jose Sharks. I think like Couture has like 77 or 80 or something like that. So it, it's not even close. My question to you guys is just because the significance of him and his storyline and the fact that, you know, it just took Brent Burns leaving San Jose for him to be able to have that hundred point season. It looked like he was virtually done playing hockey at a supreme high level. And that was not the case this year. He's been great. Does he deserve the Norris trophy as the best defenseman in the NHL? Just because he has had a 100-point season. Because I would argue that, yes, it's momentous, and yes, it's a record, and it hasn't been done for 30 years, but is he the best defenseman in the NHL? Yes. We all know that's not what the award yeah. is anymore. The way the <laughs> plus, award plus, is I mean, awarded, like, yes. Regardless, either way, he has 30 more points than any other defenseman. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. If it, like, when, when it's, like, 
three, four, five points more, it's like, okay, whatever. But when you have 30 more than the next dude, that's a little insane. That's pretty significant. Yeah. There, uh, just, there needs to be a best offensive defenseman and a best defensive defenseman award is what it really comes down to. Because he definitely deserves some kind of an award. He beat the next best defenseman by 30 points. So, yes, he's fantastic and about head and shoulders above the others. But, yeah, his defense is definitely not the greatest. And he, he always has his best offensive seasons on some pretty terrible teams. If you remember with the Sins, he would go off on the Sins whenever they're not in the playoffs. And who cares? <laughs> I don't care that much. He hit 100. And I'm like, oh, cool. He hit 100. Good for him. I, I bet he'll tell his buddies that in the golf courses in Cabo. Oh, shots fired. Um, I think there should be more defensive defenseman trophies, right? Because it seems like all the forwards win all the trophies, right? The MVP, the be- best player as voted by the players. You know, That's there's, there's a media fun. trophy. But yeah, right. but they, they, they should, they should get more credit for what they uh, like. There should be, but it's lame. I, should, I would, I'm going to add one more. I'm going to add one more to your, to your thing. Best offense, best overall, like all around defenseman and then best defensive defenseman. Cause like, Players like Esselindel and should get some credit for what they do. He does not get enough credit for what he does. Esselindel is a fantastic defensive defenseman. He's nowhere Miro, near one of the best in the league, though. Well, I, I'm I'm just saying, like someone like him should get more credit, and those type of players should get more credit. Not necessarily Essa. I, there, I agree with you. There's probably better defensive defensemen than him, but players like him should get some. I can't even think of the right word right now. They sh- they should be recognized for what they do. And then like so for for example like Miro, I would classify him more as a two-way defenseman now than an offensive defenseman. And when he came into the league, I, th- I think a lot of people were expecting him to go off with points, which he has now. But what did we talk about for years under Bonus's system? Was his defensive play. It was fantastic. And he's and he's still been able to do that. And now with offense going up, the offense is also going up for him as it goes up across the league. So he's so he would be like a two-way defenseman. And then that way, when a defenseman has a ridiculous season like this and has 100 points, and you know he's not the best defensively. He's actually pretty poor defensively. He's had a better year defensively, but not great. That reward would be for him, right? Makes some sense to me. Which is exactly why the NHL is not going to do I it. I think you're asking for too much. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> who cares about the awards? I care yeah. about the Hart Trophy. I care about the scoring title. That's about it. I don't, I don't care, care about, about these those. Things. Defenders are boring. They stop the goals. The goals is fun. <laughs> He's right. The only thing I care about is the Stanley Cup. Don't care about any of the okay. other trophies. He just went on a rant for like five minutes about defenseman trophies, and now he says he doesn't care. Okay. Uh, Moving on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, James, you wanted to talk about this a little bit. Uh, you, I'm just going to say two names, and he's going to go off. Ryan Hartman. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan Hartman has a, uh, One game a, a, a very questionable – Yeah. A very questionable questionable play. And, of course, there's one game left in the season for Minnesota. And so they suspend him for that one game. 
and James thinks that he should have been suspended for a lot more. Yeah, suspended for one yeah. game that means literally nothing. Yeah, absolutely, like literally nothing. nothing for Minnesota at least, especially because yeah. Minnesota is going to finish third. Period. Yep. It, it it's the the hit if you haven't seen it yet is it's gross. ridiculously dirty. I mean the the puck gets deflected into the neutral zone and Ehlers, who is the one who gets it starts skating back to get back to his zone to back check, be a good forward, you know, help the defenseman out. Uh, Hartman touch passes it to someone else, stops dead in his tracks, and lays a hit on Ehlers as he's full stride skating, not expecting anyone to be there. Yeah, and it's retaliatory too. But it's because it's Ehlers laid, laid a hit on the, the forecheck. The softest hit ever. Yeah, the softest not even hit ever on Kaprizov. Like, yeah. he, like, touches him. He, like, bumps his shoulder. And on top of okay, all of Kaprizov, this. Okay, Kaprizov has, has been hurt for a long he, time. If you, he if you go and watch the hit, he bumped his shoulder. I'm not making any kind of arguments for it. I'm not making any excuses for it. But that sounded like I it. understand why Hartman did it, right? If no. That makes sense. You do not like, understand why anybody does something like that. That is terrible. It was... And on top of that, Hartman has a history. He has one suspension. Uh, they, I think they said six fines. Yeah, that's crazy. And he's fined six for fines. one game where he probably wanted to sit out anyway. Yep. Awful. <laughs> Disgusting. It, it made me think of something because like, okay, I understand not wanting to suspend him for playoff games, but like do like a carryover suspension or something where they're suspended yeah, for the first season. couple of games of the regular season, like yeah. something. Cause giving a, a player one game suspension for a hit like that is a complete joke. Yeah. It's, it, it's a completely unnecessary hit. No one was going to make contact and he was none. None of them were going for the puck either. At the time and, the hit, the puck was, was going the other direction. <laughs> and it was retaliatory. I mean, th th those are, he hit that, all of the points. The only thing whole, he didn't do was put an elbow on his chin. Yeah. <laughs> that whole Jets wild game was stupid ridiculous, though. The game got out of hand way too fast. And that's honestly a large part due to the refs. I way mean, they just kind of... They just kind of let everything go. And there was there was even a five-minute major in that game, too. And it still got out of hand. It's crazy. Well, there were like six yeah, penalties I, I, I in think, the last 30 seconds. <laughs> I, I really think, guys, the only thing that saved Hartman from getting any more time was the fact that Nikolai Ehlers appears to be okay. Right? I, yep, I think if there was much. an injury on the play and he's out for the, like for the foreseeable future, especially in the first round of the playoffs for Winnipeg. Uh, Cause he is a very important player for the Winnipeg jets. He's like one of the, one of the guys that can actually score on that team. <laughs> uh, Which more than the stars. I mean, say he, last he's, year. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's, that's very true. That's, that's, that's fair. But man, I, I mean, I don't think he plays at least the first two games in the first round and he gets suspended okay. for three games. If there's a injury for yeah. Nikolai Ehlers, what a great way to do your punishment system. So smart. <laughs> in a game that really doesn't matter for them. Just, just sit your butt down and you don't get paid. All right. Well, okay. Highest suspension I'll be back for the that we had on the year. Wasn't it like the spitting incident? Wasn't that the worst suspension all year long? Yeah. There wasn't very much dirty stuff that happened this year. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the stuff that did happen got like one or two games. Yeah, that okay. was stupid. Good year, hockey okay. players. What's who cares for me, James? <laughs> okay, who cares segment? Uh, we are doing your favorite glues. 
favorite glue. Yeah. So like any any type of glue. Any if it says glue on the bottle, it's fair game. Understandable. Oh, All right. Crap. Okay. I'll, I'll start. I will. Okay. Chris could start. Uh, number third is Elmer's. I'm going third because I need a I need a second. Number third is Elmer's, the classic white glue with the orange cap. Uh, you can stick it on your fingers and peel it off. That's really nice. That that's the glue. <laughs> that's I knew it. you had it. I, I knew that's where you got yeah, it from. I was like, surely he's got it. like a bottle right there. That's how he thought of it. Stuff earlier, so it can it can it sticks paper together. That is nice, and it also tastes pretty good. So there you go. Number third. All right. My number third is also Elmer's, but it's the clear glue. Because if you had the Elmer's clear glue in like cool. kindergarten, you were the cool kid. Everyone wanted your clear glue. Agreed. Ryan, number third. My number third, I guess I'll go. I don't know why I really liked it, but when I was in elementary school, the Elmer's. I did not eat glue. Thank you very much. Yeah. I was not one of those kids. He was the glue it, kid. There was there was uh, one of my best friends came into second grade, and it was like the first day of school, and I was so jealous because he had a bottle of purple sparkly glue. It was like the coolest thing I thought I had ever seen. It was the I Elmer's glue. glue. So I thought it was like the coolest thing ever, and it, it came in a clear bottle. So you could actually like see the full glittery glue. So I thought it was like the most amazing thing in the world. So that's my number three. That's it. That's all I got. All right. My number second. Um, I, I guess I'll go with caulk. Go with what? a lot of glue. Caulk? D- does it say glue on the bottle? Uh, it says I don't think so. It says I don't think so. That's not glue. Adhesive is not glue. It doesn't say glue on the bottle. It's adhesive. I get we didn't say favorite adhesive. adhesives, Chris. We said favorite glue. I'm saying call right. adhesive and glue is <laughs> synonyms. So I gave you one condition. And I'm going with caulk because yeah. you use it in the home building, makes stuff look nice, and it's got a real funny name. So caulk, exactly. number second. My number second is Gorilla Glue. Sticks Too things low. together really well. Uh, I, I would put it on my fingers and I'd stick my fingers together. That was fun. Maybe really stuck. Yep. Pull some skin off while you tried to get out. <laughs> <Ouch. detached. laughs> Boy, is that fun. How would you know about that, James? I told you, you I'd know? put it on my fingers and stuck my <laughs> fingers together. That wasn't a joke. I actually did that. My number two is also Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue was my number two. It, it, this the stuff is ridiculous. Like it, it is, it, it is exactly what it sounds like. It is ridiculously strong. And being a band director, I would be lying if I said I never used Gorilla Glue to fix instruments before. So especially clarinet. Just saying. Oh, you you are not supposed to do that. But again, I would be lying if I said I've never done that to a clarinet <laughs> pad and stuck it back on there with Gorilla Glue. <laughs> you are not supposed to do that. It's really bad for clarinets. But I was. It was the day of UIL, and I didn't have another clarinet to get fixed. We weren't at uh, our own school. We were somewhere else. I had to have it fixed like right then and there. If that was your Gorilla clarinet. Glue was amazing. I truly apologize. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number one is Gorilla Glue. Uh, y'all didn't mention that 
it looks really cool and bubbly and stuff. And it's got a gorilla on it. And it has That's the coolest part. That's the coolest part. It fixed my Sagan bobblehead. I have the giraffe Sagan bobblehead. His head <laughs> popped off. I stuck it right back It's on. the long neck bobblehead. The long neck bobblehead, yes. All right. James, number one. My number first is flex glue. There's a memes flex are funny. Glue? What is that? Yes, memes are funny. It is. It Google. is literally flex seal, but glue. <laughs> Googling. Google time. Oh, okay. there's a clear now version. I got, now I gotta look at, at it. Like, <laughs> it's lots of fun. Does the does the flex stuff actually work? Kind of like you see it on the the commercials. Like they have that stupid clear boat, and then it's like sinking. Right, he sawed a boat in half. He did. That's a lot of damage. Okay, That's but it's a lot of damage. Work? That's a lot of damage. It works for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't make money if it worked perfectly. That's, That's a true. lot of damage. But yeah, flex glue. I'm going to have to buy some. I'm just curious now. This is just flex seal in a small bottle. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> James is like, it has glue on the bottle, so it counts. It does. It says glue on the bottle. Okay. That was my condition. I Under have met the condition. <laughs> Understandable. Have a great day. Okay. My number one is actually not a bottle, so I don't know if it actually meets the condition, because James, you technically did say, say glue on it. No. Okay, well, it has. It does say glue on it. And you're good. My number one is the purple Elmer's glue sticks. Imagine. I a glue could stick. not... I could not stand when I was little. I know I'm going to lose the who cares segment just because y'all both disagree with me. You but I could not stick. I, I was, I could not <laughs> stand. Chew I could glue? not stand. Nasty. Oh my gosh. Y'all are idiots. Solid even. I could not stand when I would get actual like liquid glue on my hands. And I could not stand the stickiness. That was just something that in my brain did not work at all. So, Every time I didn't have an option of using a glue stick and I had to use actual glue, even the Elmer's glue, the purple sparkly stuff, whenever, I hated it because it made my hands feel so sticky. I, it was so nasty. Oh, that's okay. Glue I do love re-gluing things me. over four he, and five times he over. He hates his over number three again. glue. He picked his number three glue as Elmer's, and then he says he hates it. True. What a great time. I think he ran out of numbers. If I can't drink my glue, I don't want it. That's all I'm going to say. So You can only I drink Flex it. Glue once. You can only drink <laughs> and Gorilla Glue. You can only drink that one time. <laughs> Might as so well you, get good, man. So you better you save it for a good it day. You better save it for a good day. <laughs> oh, man, guys. Oh. I thought of another Who Cares segment, but I was too slow. Save I have cookies. Her. I have cookies on my table. Mine was better, I promise. Top three Girl Scout cookies. Oh, we already did Girl Scout cookies. Did we? Maybe. Know. We'll start reusing. I don't remember. Just start know. recycling. Yeah, nobody will know. Yeah. yeah we'll and, probably and then we can go change back our actually, minds anyway. Yeah, actually, we're just, right? exactly. just going to cut it out, and we're just going to stick an old one on, and y'all won't even know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Anything else, guys? It's time for us to wrap it up. It's late. No. No. Okay. Uh, we'll be back with you guys again tomorrow night. Stars have another a game against another national broadcast, right? Against the St. Louis Blues. You'll never guess. And we'll see if the Stars can take care of business. And we'll see if 
Colorado wins on Friday or if they lose. And or tomorrow. Yeah. Or tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. It, we, we still have no idea who we're going to play in the first round. And that's actually kind of exciting, to be honest with you. It's very exciting. So thank you guys to those of you that are listening live here with us. It's currently 1148 on a Wednesday night. And y'all are absolutely insane to be listening to us at this time. But you are. For those of you that are listening afterwards on the podcast side, we really do appreciate all of y'all's support. And we're not able to do the stuff that we do without y'all listening and and helping us out. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do. Please go and check out StarcasticRemarks.com for all the latest news from Starcastic Remarks. Go and check out StarcasticRemarksShop.com for all the latest merch options. That's the best way to support this podcast. We'd really appreciate it if y'all would do that. Leave us a five-star review anywhere you listen to your podcast. Click like and subscribe here on YouTube or follow us on social media anywhere and everywhere. Along with Chris and James, my name is Ryan. We will catch you guys on the flip side. We'll see y'all tomorrow night, and we hope you guys have a good and fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. Christian, take us out. Go Winnipeg. Go Preds. GG boys for the fifth time in a row.